Shotgun for Trevor. He drops. He looks. Fires left side of O'Connor. Good! Good! Zaydos catches it! The two-point conversion is good! Jacksonville is taking the lead! How good is that? Extremely good. It was extremely good, it turns out. A phrase that... We do not generally associate with the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that had pinned its hopes on its number one overall pick, the now 23-year-old Trevor Lawrence, who just happened to have the best game of his entire NFL career on Sunday. So today, we asked another former number one overall pick, Alex Smith, to tell us what he saw from Lawrence and the Jags and what he is not seeing from two other high-profile, would-be franchise quarterbacks who have been extremely bad. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Monday, November 28th. This is ESPN Daily. Alex, the NFL does this a lot. (laughs) It turns out where we walk into a day like Sunday, and we're like, let's be honest, these games just are mostly looking like garbage. And we're not sure what are we going to talk about at the end of it. And Josh Jacobs winds up running for 86 yards. Noted part Filipino, Josh Jacobs ends up winning the game on a walk-off, a literal walk-off for the Raiders over the Seahawks. And Jacoby Brissett ends up beating Tom Brady, and the Chargers go for two to win their game. And so we got a lot to talk about, man. We had a lot more than I thought we would. No doubt. I mean, (laughs) you know, Thanksgiving week, Thanksgiving day, I should say, is obviously this amazing day of football. And unfortunately, it stole many of the great games that would have been on the weekend, right? So I was like, you, I was looking at the schedule. I was looking at the schedule for this Sunday, and I'm kind of like, there's really only one decent game, it looks like, right? And I think it... I think it's a game we're not even going to talk about. Yeah, talk Bengals, about. Bengals, Bengals, Titans. Titans. Apologies yeah. to you. You did not make the cut. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you know, two playoff teams at this point, And that looked like the only highlight of the day. And and boy, did the NFL have another thing coming. I mean, multiple walk-off, two-point conversions, multiple overtime games, uh, just a ton of great football, uh, down to the wire, a lot of drama. It was a ton of fun to watch today. Definitely caught me off guard. I, I will uh, I will say that pleasantly, uh, I have to say. But we begin with Trevor Lawrence, man. I didn't think we were going to talk Jaguars either to start this show, but here we are because Trevor Lawrence, okay, he gets the ball and he's at the 20-yard line. There are two minutes left. He's down seven and it's the Jaguars, right? Like the Jaguars don't get drives like this. <laughs> And so as you are watching him work down the field against the Baltimore Ravens in Jacksonville, what are you thinking? Well, you know, he, up until that point, he had already had a huge drive to start the fourth quarter to really kind of get him back in this game and and make it really exciting. And then, you know, the Ravens drive down and take the lead again. And here we are. It was kind of my first time seeing him in this kind of situation in a long time. Certainly he's had a tumultuous two years, right? Full regime change. Uh, twice, brand new offense. But, you know, the times I'd watched this year, he, he'd looked better. And this is a Jacks team that had, I think all but one of their losses are one-score games. Mm. I mean, even the Chiefs last week, they only lost by 10. They have been in a lot of football games. They are drastically improved, I should say, on both sides of the ball. Yes. And it was kind of like, here we go. They finally put some weapons around Trevor this offseason. They went and signed Christian Kirk. They went and 
signed Brandon Sheriff up front. They've added some nice pieces. And it's kind of like, well, let's let's see what this kid can do. Uh, it was kind of my first instinct. In, and uh, he didn't disappoint. He let it rip. It, it, it didn't start off. That drive didn't start off amazing. They found themselves with a third and 21. And I thought, man, this thing's going to be over before it even gets started. And he did a great job. He hit the huge throw underneath to get it to fourth and manageable. You knew it was, you know, it was two down territory. And then big fourth and five throw, you know, he hits the Marvin Jones, I believe it was, on the sideline. Yeah. He had a bunch of throws today that he let rip and he threw on time. We've talked about this a lot, right? Playing with anticipation. Mm -hmm. And there's a big trust there with your receivers, right? You're throwing this before they come open as they're making their breaks. And versus a good defense and a good secondary like like the Ravens. And he was under a lot of pressure all day. But he he didn't flinch and didn't hesitate. And he was letting them rip in big moments and and kept delivering. And then on a on a third and six, hits a big ball, 29 yards down the sideline to Zay Jones. And this is where things got super interesting. Because mm-hmm. almost everybody, I think, was screaming, clock the ball, right? They were out of timeouts at this point. You know, it's this huge gainer. Get up and clock it. And I, and I just loved what Doug Peterson did here. He kept his foot on the gas. This is what we talked about again in these two-minute situations about the offense applying pressure. And instead of spiking it and letting Baltimore catch their breath and regroup, they went on the ball, up-tempo, snapped the next play, I think, with like you know 14 seconds left, and he hits Marvin yes. Jones with a beautiful ball, uh, uh, just a great throw and catch. Trevor drops, fires toward the right corner of the end zone. That ball is caught, caught, caught from a touchdown in the right corner of the end zone. How good is that? In the fourth quarter, he had three possessions. They scored 17 points. Uh, He was 15 and 19 for 175 yards, I think, and two touchdowns. I mean, Mm. with the game on the line, that's what you want to see. And and I, I really... Felt like he was he wasn't thinking he was cutting it loose and it was great to kind of see those those instincts that we know were in there kind of shine through. Well, those instincts and the idea that okay, don't maybe think too much here. Like they get to this crossroads, right? Because they score the touchdown, they're now down one, 27 to 26 to the Ravens. And Doug Peterson, the head coach of this team, after a lengthy review, they decide to go for it, Alex. They decide to try for the two-point conversion. Lawrence in the shotgun. Looking left, throws left, and it's caught! Zay Jones! The Jags go up by one! What did you see here? What Describe the decision. Describe what, what it looked like to you at the moment. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't shocked at all. I think Doug Peterson has gone for two more than any coach in the NFL the last several years, and... This is what you want to do with a young football team, right? You want to build confidence. And, and that's what he's trying to do. This is a culture change. You're trying to get your young players to buy in. And you're trying to develop them in these big moments, right? This is, you don't get that many opportunities like this, right? You just drove them down the field to for potentially tie it. And then wham, your head coach says, no, 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 not so fast. We're, we're going for the win right here. And I think to try to develop that killer instinct and trust and confidence uh, in his players. And then the play call. This was just a pure timing out route on the goal line. So there's a couple facets when you when you go into like passing game just in general, certainly out in the field, right? Like ways to stretch a defense, you talk about vertically and horizontally, right? And and uh, with fast players, certainly the threat of going vertical, you you can all of a sudden throw, you know, little quick outs or hitch routes because these players are so fast, right? Think of Tyreek Hill and the cushion he gets, mm. right? And it's so easy to throw these underneath routes. Well, 
you're down at the two yard line. There, right. There's no th- there's no threat of going deep. <laughs> there's here, very little right? verticality so, to be had. Yeah. So to throw a quick out like a four to five yard out route takes unbelievable timing and precision. Right there, there is no threat. The corner's not backing up. He's in press. So they they dial us up to Zay Jones, who had an unbelievable day today. I think he had like 11 catches for 150 yards. And it's to the left, right? It's to Trevor Lawrence's left. And they run this little quick out. And you have to be perfect. This ball has to come out exactly on time, and it has to be on the money. And it's ripped, right? This isn't a finesse throw. Uh, this isn't, you know, a margin of error. This is literally... You, you, quick three steps, rip this ball before he's coming open and it better be on the money. And for Doug to call this play and put this kind of all on Trevor, really, this is a two-man band. I mean, the, the other nine guys could have been doing nothing. It didn't even matter. <laughs> and uh, these two delivered. Trevor put it right on the money and, and Zay made a great catch for the big win. And again, I think it kind of speaks to the development of Trevor. And I think to go back to the point you made, certainly, I, I you know, I... I myself know this firsthand that, that young quarterbacks can think way too much on the field. There's a fine line, right? Yeah. You want to be cerebral and process, but you, you certainly don't want to go like paralysis by analysis out there either. And sometimes these two minute situations are like the best thing, these up tempo two minute situations, because you don't have time to huddle up and think. You're just kind of, you put these young QBs out there and you kind of just let them play and you let their fundamentals again and instincts and the things that got them to this level just kind of take over. And uh, I really thought that's what happened today. Again, the Jaguars that were down the whole day hadn't done much, but in the fourth quarter did a bunch of up tempo stuff and Trevor Lawrence, man, just, uh, he, he looked the part. He looked like the number one pick and uh, it was good to see. Well, I want to focus in particular on this notion of leadership because it's a cliche that we throw around all the time, but as a young quarterback, a would-be franchise quarterback, it feels explicitly like part of the job. Yep. And I'm just wondering how you're supposed to do that when you're also just new at this, right? Like yep. how important is leadership to the success that he wants to have in the total sense? And how do you actually accomplish that in real life? Yeah, I mean, you said it. I, th- I think... Leadership absolutely is a huge prerequisite of, of being a quarterback. With that being said, I don't care how gifted a leader you are. If you can't actually deliver on the field and be accountable to do your job at a high level, it, it doesn't matter. You could be the greatest leader of all time, but you can't go out there in the fourth quarter, two minutes left, drive your team down the field for the game-winning touchdown, the game-winning two-point conversion. If you can't do that from time to time, it doesn't matter how good a leader you are, right? And again, as a young quarterback, the only way to earn that credibility and trust is to go out and do it, right? And, and as bad as it may have been, right, like for Trevor last year and and uh, as discouraging, you know, and, and just to keep moving forward, keep getting better. And then as these opportunities come forward, right, eventually you do, you do deliver and you take that with you. You take that with you going forward and then you go get the next one. You take that one with you and, and you really build your confidence again and credibility that way, right? You have you have to go out there and prove it. Yeah, what you're saying is that there is no motivational speech good enough to overcome no. somebody who actually can't drive down the field and lead his team down the field literally in the way that he did. Yep, and without a doubt, the next time they're in a situation, you better believe that all 10 guys in the huddle and all the 53 guys on the sideline and all those coaches 
have that much more trust in him because they know he's done it. Yeah. All right. After the break, we get to another case study from the same draft in what a young quarterback should and probably should not do. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from $25 and under to, say, $100 and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. So, Alex, you just mentioned how a franchise quarterback, a young one in particular, needs to perform on the field in order to plausibly be a leader in a locker room. And what the Jets are dealing with, with the quarterback they took right behind Trevor Lawrence at number two overall in the 2021 NFL draft is truly the worst of both worlds because Zach Wilson passed for fewer than 80 yards against the Patriots in that 10 to three loss. But it was actually the post game presser that was in some ways more embarrassing because he had some stuff to say about whether or not he let his defense down. As an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No, no. And so that was last week, right? And then this game against the Bears on Sunday, the Jets benched him. I mean, not only that, they, they actually did not even dress him. He just stood on the sideline in his hood, in the rain, and Zach Wilson had to watch Mike White lead his team to a comfortable 31-10 drubbing of the Bears, who were without their own star quarterback, Justin Fields. And so, just to start off here, what did Mike White do for these Jets that Zach Wilson has just been unable to? Yeah, well, a lot there. To start with Mike White, he, he ran the offense, Pablo. I mean, he, he, he ran the offense... He made a couple nice throws at times, but like he didn't do anything spectacular. He played really sound quarterback. This is a Jets offense, especially uh, playing the Bears today, uh, that that certainly had the advantage um, when they're going in the run game. They can really they can really run the football, and then they do have a lot of weapons. They have a lot of weapons outside. Yes, they're young, but um, there's a lot of playmakers. And and Mike White distributed the football today, which is something that that we haven't seen with the Jets in a long time, no. you know, and, and uh, it, it showed. He spread the ball around. Again, guys made plays for him. Mike White under center. Play action, back to throw, looks over the middle, throws one, and is caught by Garrett Wilson at the 35-yard line. Makes a man miss at the 30, sprints right to the 20, to the 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Garrett Wilson 
with a catch and run. It was it was a tough rainy day uh, in New York, but uh, yeah, Mike went he went out there and again just kind of ran the offense and and all of a sudden this you know Jets team put up 31 points and it didn't seem exceptional, right? And that's what I, I think you're hoping for. Mike White is 22 of 28. 315 yards, three touchdowns, and it all looks casual. Yep. It looks remarkably, and for the Jets, thankfully, casual. Yeah, I mean, and hats off to him. I mean, we'll obviously get to Zach Wilson here in a minute, but, uh, you know, Mike White's had a much different road in the NFL, right? He wasn't the high draft pick, and and hats off to him. He was prepared. He went out there today, and and, uh, he looked like a, a starting quarterback in the NFL, and that's what the Jets, especially right now, are looking for. And and that kind of gets me, you know, to the crux of this is this is a Jets team that really, really quickly went from one of the worst teams in football, an incredible rebuild, right, right to not even a year later, one of the best teams in the AFC and certainly thinking about real playoff opportunity uh, and a playoff run. And so I think that also is a big part of this storyline. So that leash that you would give a young quarterback to go out and make mistakes got really short, right? The patience that you have to let a young QB go out there and continue to make mistakes and grow, it it does get short because all of a sudden now this team's good enough to go play and win. And we do have two veteran QBs sitting behind this young rookie that maybe give us a, a chance to go make a run this year. And that probably is not what this team was thinking all offseason. No, no, you know? seven and four, the Jets are actively in the hunt to win the division and their defense is really good. And so here the Jets are at this point where they're again trying to manage a present and a future simultaneously because look, Robert Sala, the head coach of this team, came out and said to his credit that this is not the end of Zach Wilson's career in New York. So the big thing I want to make sure I address on this one, um, just want to make sure you guys all listen to this very carefully, please. Uh, Zach's career here is not over. I know that's going to be the narrative. I know that what, that's what everybody wants to wants to shout out, and that's not even close to the case. The intent, the full intent, is to make sure Zach gets uh, gets back on the football field at some point this year. But how do you handle this now, Alex? Oh, I, I think there's nothing wrong with Zach Wilson sitting and watching. I, I, I got no problem with that, Pablo. And sometimes I think... Going back to last year, we talked about it. I thought he should have sat last year. I don't understand why they necessarily played him so quickly. This is a guy that came out a year early. He was really, really young. Yes, he's really gifted, but he's really raw. And maybe sitting and watching's the thing he needs. And I very much agree that, that he needs a reset after watching last week's performance against the Patriots. And not just the, the football, right? Not just the, the quarterbacking on the field, but the press conference. It was. It was, I, I think... The quarterback's such a unique position, right? We're the only position group that really every single week you got to go up to that podium and face the music, right? Good or yep. bad, you got to go yep. do it. And I, I don't know how you don't understand that you're talking to every single one of your teammates and coaches and fans out there with every word you say. And so to be as dismissive about that offensive performance last week, post game for me was a little alarming, just where he's at mentally. Um, to, to handle that like that. This is also a guy they they hired his personal quarterback coach a year ago as well, John Beck. Like there's been some mm. things, uh, there's been kind of some red flags, I think, just where he's at, you know, as far as his mindset, you know? And so I, I think it was a great decision to, to, to sit him down. And again, I think to go back to the point you made, this juggling 
the, the, the future and the present at the same time. I don't think you need that. The, right now, the present overrides it, right? You worry about the future down the line. Uh, they have an opportunity to play good football right now. This is a good football team. And I think the two guys, Mike White in this case, and, and certainly Joe Flacco there as well, give this team the best chance to win right now. And and I do think as a head coach, you have that has to take precedent given where this team's at. And I mean that as a compliment and how well they're playing and how quickly a lot of these additions this offseason, draft picks and free agents, uh, have improved this football team. Yeah, they have. But coming up, we get to a team whose entire season has been defined by a truly unprecedented case of offseason buyer's remorse. So just one more time. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. Delicious meat, nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. So remember when uh, the Broncos acquired Russell Wilson and have this fancy new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, and everyone was like, this is the group of death in the AFC. And when I do that mocking voice, I'm mostly mocking myself because I literally called them that with you. I'm guilty as well. Yeah, because now they're three and eight. And they are the worst team in the AFC West, one of the worst teams in all of football. And they just lost to the Carolina Panthers 23 to 10. And like watching this game, Alex, there are all of these moments that just give fuel to the whole notion that Russell Wilson is not getting along with his new team. We saw Mike Purcell, a defensive lineman, confront Russ on the sideline after one of those possessions know if something was said if russell wilson says something as he's coming off the field here or purcell is just going over to him and saying hey man i care about this and now we're getting to the post-game cliche part where russell wilson does know he's a politician he does know he has a job to do at the microphone and he is talking about winning being a habit while also not winning at all we got to get the losing out of our system you know winning is a habit uh losing can be too 
And so what is happening here? Why is it this bad? Um, there's a, there's a lot here. I got a lot, I got a, got a lot written down, Pablo. Yeah. Hit me. You know, I, I'm with you again, going back to, to this trade, this off season, this is one of the biggest trades in NFL history. Correct. Denver fans, close your ears. You might want to hear this, but they gave up three players, two first round picks, two second round picks, a fifth round pick, and then gave him a $250 million contract. It doesn't get more all in than that. Through 11 games, right? And and half of these have been on primetime because the whole NFL bought into this notion that the Broncos were going to be must-see TV. <laughs> and how, thank God, they're not on any more, t- you know, primetime games here going forward. Uh, yeah, thank God. He is in the bottom, the bottom of every statistical passing category there is for a quarterback. I don't even, I can't even read them all off. You name it. QB rating, QBR, uh, completion percentage, touchdown interception ratio. I mean, he's just, he is the pits. And this, this whole offensive unit is terrible. They've been bad situationally. They've blown several late game scenarios. Their head coach last week, Russ blew another one on a third and 10 at the very end of the game. Instead of just letting the clock roll and taking a sack, he throws the ball away uh, for an incompletion. Things that a 10, 11-year vet, all-pro, future Hall of Famer should never be doing. Today was so bad. Yeah, his defensive lineman I've never heard of is screaming <laughs> in the face of this future Hall of Famer, supposedly, right? I mean, Brian Burns sacks him for the Panthers and mocks him with his pregame routine with his eyes closed, spinning around uh, to yeah, the sky. Yeah, his meditation thing. Yeah, yeah. Every Every level of this was embarrassing for Russ today. It's bad, Pablo. I, I I mean, obviously, if you were to press pause on this right now, and obviously there's a huge asterisk that comes with saying that, like this trade is, uh, I mean, historically bad. Absolutely. I mean, at this point, and obviously that's, I, I, I'm saying that with 11 games in and I know that, and so I don't want to, but it is right now. This is, uh, it's, it's uh, not what certainly all of uh, Denver Nation, Denver fans thought they were getting with this new regime, new quarterback. There is nothing positive that I can even dig up about this. I I, I can't spin this. Um, they don't have any answers, uh, and it doesn't look like it's getting better anytime soon. Is is the question of why is that an answerable question to you at this point? Because you just outlined the avalanche of just horse. Shit, yeah. Uh, to just complete the Broncos yeah. metaphor here, that that is become this team. I, I, I am I am just continually staggered by how unlike what I thought Russell Wilson was, Russell Wilson is now. Yeah, totally. I mean, certainly the, the philosophy that this offensive coaching staff has and Nathaniel Hackett being at the top of that, it, it is not aligning with Russ at all, right? Like the, the, this marriage has been a complete failure at this point. This is a quarterback through 10 years of work. I mean, this is a guy that's got nine Pro Bowls, second team all pros. I mean, he's led the NFL in touchdowns. He's led the NFL in completion percentage. And, and now he's at the bottom of the league. And so, again, I think the inability, sometimes you have these coaches, Pablo, that just they just coach their playbook. They just know their playbook. They know their system, and this is what they do. Mm. And uh, they, they've got to find a way to play to, to, to Russell's strengths. They've got to find a way to put him in situations to go out there and have some success. But even beyond that, the idea that he left Seattle because he wanted to be the guy calling his number in the way that he wanted, but you're describing an offense here in Denver that is 
still not necessarily tailored to his strengths. That's what you're also seeing amid all of the other stuff that's also happening. And I, and I think on vice versa as well as potentially a quarterback not willing to adapt to a new system. Mm. I mean, I, right? I mean, they're, they're all at fault on this. To go from what we've watched uh, Russ play like the last 10 years and, and certainly to see, I mean, we've got a decent sample size at this point and um, it seems to be only getting worse. Again, the only touchdown he threw today was a garbage time touchdown. He They got shut out essentially in this game. Um, there, uh, yeah. So, no, I, I, you know, there, it's not like there's been any kind of improvement through a good chunk of the season up till now. And, and yeah, I mean, I think they're, everybody involved in this wanted this and signed on for it and uh, hasn't made it work. And, and obviously, uh, they, they all have a hand in that. Alex Smith, a locker room leader whose presence we always value. Thanks for joining us, man. Pablo, thanks as always, man. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.